Welcome to Coach to Coach, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the power of coaching. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder, and I offer coaching to academics and higher education professionals to bring more ease to their lives and work. Before you dive into this episode, here's a quick introduction to the structure of the show. In each season of Coach to Coach, a new guest coach will come on the show to demonstrate a range of coaching tools and strategies. The first episode will offer you an introduction to the guest coach, then I'll coach the guest and they'll coach me for the next six episodes, and always on real topics and issues we're dealing with in our own lives. Each season will end with a debrief episode where we'll talk about how the season went and offer any updates on the topics covered in earlier episodes. It might make the most sense to start each season in the beginning and listen to the episodes in order. This season, I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Katie Peplin. Katie specializes in working with graduate students and offers them a community and network to support their needs and help them to live whole lives while pursuing their degrees. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We are talking on a Saturday morning, and um, I know you've just gotten back from a trip and you're kind of easing back in. So yes. I will repeat well, your question. You always ask me, how are you landing? I am landing okay. Um, my husband and I traveled to the West Coast for a wedding, and then we tacked on a couple of days of like extra vacation. And then I came back to where I live in Pittsburgh, and he stayed on the West Coast. So it was kind of like a great couple of days of alone time in my house. But now I'm like feeling the pressure to like clean everything up before he gets home because he's a lot tidier than I am. So I like have like a 10 point checklist today. It's like take the trash out, wash the bathroom. And I, I haven't destroyed the house or anything, but like I feel like I will officially be home when he gets home. And I'll feel better about him getting home if I've like unpacked the suitcase that I'm supposed to do. I can understand that. And how have things been going just since our last session and the last topic we discussed? And yeah, things are going really well. So it's a good busy season for the business. So I'm unrolling like two different groups right now. And then I made this scary but important choice um, to change a little bit of my content calendar. So these are the last um, enrollment periods for writing group and for the community that I'm going to do this year and to really kind of focus on making some other kinds of products. So um, I did a lot of marketing this week and it didn't kill me. (laughs) So that is really good. Um, I'm feeling much more unblocked about that. Um, And numbers are good and I'm feeling excited about it. So. Okay. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay. So what are you thinking about for today's session? Okay, so for today's session, um, I am looking at the rest of my year, um, feeling inspired to do a little bit of planning, and knowing that I am, of all of the, like, I keep thinking about, like, my Gretchen Rubin types, (laughs) and I'm an upholder, like, there's outside structures and very good, like, I'm always on time for appointments, (laughs) I never miss, like... Um, I, I'm really good about client deadlines and sort of stuff like that. But when it comes to my own internal creation or like that sort of thing, I can be more fluid than is helpful, I guess is how I would describe it. So I've really been leaning in this summer to a kind of more unstructured time. Um, I haven't been super strict about my wake up time or my sleeping time. And it's been really great to kind of float 
and readjust and kind of recalibrate but I'm looking at the fall and I'm feeling this like September 1st urge which I always feel every year to like get my life in order and I would love to talk today about purposefully building in some routines or some routine blocks to kind of support um, some pretty heavy content creation through the end of the year um, which is all like self-directed, self-motivated, not really visible to anybody else until like, poop, it's done. <laughs> and so it's, um, I would love to kind of think through ways to support myself through that kind of a phase. Okay. So as we record this, it is actually like September Eve because it yes. is the tail end of August as we're recording this. I'm curious, it sounds like that could be one of the reasons why you're kind of thinking toward this, but why else is this really significant to you right now as you're kind of thinking about yeah. these topics? Well, like the deep Katie answer is that it's also the new moon in Virgo. <laughs> like Virgo is my opposite sign. So I'm a, a Pisces sun and I identify pretty strongly with that. And like they're, they're polar opposites. And so Virgo is a lot about like structure and routine and discipline and like making it um, to me, it always feels like very sacred energy. Like I'm going to have this routine and it's going to be important to me and I'm going to honor it by showing up. And then Pisces is much more like fluid and floaty and um, intuitive and creative. And I feel both of those things pretty strongly in me, but I always feel this pull in September. And I think part of it is like the first year, but it's also like looking at the last quarter of the year and being like, okay, like I really want to make the last bit of 2019 count before we're in like a new year and a new decade. Um, and I am coming out of um, a couple of well, more like 18 months of pretty brutal physical things that I've been going through medically. And this is, I'm finally feeling my energy coming back. I finally feel um, like myself physically, which is really exciting. And I kind of want to make the most of that. like. Um, the metaphor I used to describe it the other day was like, I feel like my, um, I, I have like a fire in my belly and it's like outside and the logs were really wet for a long time. So I could like get the fire started a little bit with a lot of effort, but I feel like all of my firewood is dried out now. And now I want to like build a fire on purpose. Mm. Um, I so, love that metaphor. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's a great one. Okay. That's so what? So what I'm hearing, Katie, is you are at kind of a seasonal shift, both mm -hmm. kind of metaphorically and literally, and you're looking for some routines to really um, stoke that fire as you're yeah. kind of working through the end of the year, working on some of these projects, um, but also kind of thinking toward accountability because these are things you're going to be kind of working on on your own and whatever routines you set up probably need to also be helping you to balance out being consistent with right. work and being motivated to continue to do the work over a longer period of several months. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I, um, and so a little bit about my working style, I tend, I think we've talked about this before that like I tend to work when I'm feeling inspired. Um, so like you, I can kind of fall into a flow state and then emerge like three days later with a draft of the dissertation chapter or like two days later with like a whole new course. And it's, it's a really exciting thing for me, but it also is a cycle that demands a lot for me physically too. Like after that sort of two or three day 
period in my zone, I um, am not my best self. And I'm at a point in my business where like, I need to be my best self because I have clients every day and I have like other responsibilities. So I, I would like to play with the idea that I can create in small focus first mm-hmm. without necessarily um, letting everything be fully consumed by that creative fire and yep. then needing to wait for the forest to regrow. So it's yep. Like- yep, for sure. Totally understand what you're talking about. Um, okay. So I'm curious, Katie, if we kind of think about, I see kind of two sides here. One is the yeah. routine and the other is kind of the projects themselves. Is yeah. this a situation where you want to develop the routine and then fit the projects into the routine, or you want to kind of focus on what the projects are and think about the routine as being fitted around the projects? Is it kind of like a chicken or an Ooh. egg? Like, how, yeah. what are you actually, kind of prioritizing here? That's a really smart question. And I like, my gut is like, no, the routine needs to come first. And I think that's part of my sticking point is like in other periods of time where I've had these kind of like creative bursts, the routine was dictated by something else. Like I was working full time or I was a student or I only had six hours a day, you know, whatever this sort of thing was. And so I would like, this is the first time that I've been able to really look at the next four or five months and be able to say like, yeah, I have pretty full, well control over my day-to-day schedule. And that hasn't been true for me for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I would love to experiment with the idea of what does my day want to look like regardless of what the project is and kind okay. of have projects fit in that. Okay. Okay. So we're looking for some consistency yeah. and we're looking for the focus on the routine. So talk to me about your ideal day. Let's start with no constraints okay. and then kind of maybe pull it back a little bit. You know, like if you want to be on a desert Island, that might not be possible for, yeah. you know, the next four months, but Let's think about your ideal day and then think about what pieces of that might work in some kind of routine. And then the other thing I want to encourage you to think about is not just a day to day, but Mm -hmm. more like a week and a month. So it could be that, you know, your every day doesn't look exactly the same, but maybe there's more of a weekly schedule where Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you do something and Tuesday, Thursday, it looks slightly different. So we can also kind of scale out right at the routine so that it's not necessarily just every day the same okay um so in an ideal day in my current location and time and space (laughs) which is a good constraint we'll we'll put that on there okay my ideal day is like in an alone forest in iceland and like that's just not (laughs) what we're talking about um a really good day for me has some time outside is really important to me Um, And I live um, within a couple of blocks of an amazing, like 500 acre nature preserve. And so a really good day has some time in this park for me, like with my trees and my creek. Um, So a little bit of Iceland in there. I need to be outside. Like it's a good, it's a good grounding thing for me. And every day should ideally have some sort of movement. Um, and lately I've been running a little bit, but I also have a beloved bar studio and like, (laughs) it's a good day for me if I go, if I, if I feel like I am breaking a sweat is kind of like my threshold. Um, 
And with the caveat that there's one week a month where my chronic illness makes that less possible, but you know, three weeks, those, those are good things. I like, I like to have breaks during my meals. I don't like to work during my meals at all. Um, so I have a front and a back porch. I'm very lucky. <laughs> and so I like to eat like my breakfast on the back porch and my lunch on the, the, the front porch. And I, um, the, the like touchstone of my routine in kind of my family dynamic is that my husband and I make dinner together every night pretty much most nights or we collaborate on choosing the takeout but like <laughs> that's our um come together point um and i ideally would have something that feels creative and so lately it's been knitting um in other seasons it's been like paint by number or painting more broadly um, but those are important touchstones to me and then I like to work in no more than three to four hour chunks. Like I, I, I hit a very clear wall at like three hours and 30 minutes. Okay. It's like a, a warning bell. Like you have 30 minutes left and then I have to do something else. Okay. And how many of those chunks do you think you might want to do on any given day? Is it just like one chunk or one in the morning, one in the afternoon or depending on the day? I guess I'm open to having like a morning chunk, an afternoon chunk, and then an evening chunk. So um, sometimes I'm available in the evenings because I have a lot of clients that are international and like the timing works out. Um, so usually one night a week, at least I have an evening work chunk. And so I, I guess there are three possible slots and I try not to fill more than two of them with work. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm, totally. Okay. So you mentioned that you have a week every month where things get a little bit disrupted for you. Yes. Um, how does that affect other components other than the exercise? Is that a week that, you know, it'd be fun to do like a sabbatical week and just kind of like not have expectations for what's going to happen during that time. Yeah. And you can kind of catch up on fun things and the creative, the knitting and those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, the reality is that I can't afford a full sabbatical week every month um, that's not reasonable for like the pace of work that I am doing. So I am pretty well adjusted. Like I've had, I've had endometriosis my whole life. And so I, I know when that's coming, um, give or take a couple of days. And in there, there's probably two days where I need off. Mm -hmm. um, and that I, I can, there's usually like two or three hours of a window or like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the spoon metaphor, but like I usually, oh. so it's something that people um, who are working with limited bodily resources, I would say, use. And so I will send you a link because it's really good in the show notes. But the idea is that like you only have a certain number of spoons and you can spend them, but like once they're gone, they're gone. Um, and so I would say that I have like two or three days where I have a very limited amount and I can spend those on like a client with like pre and follow-up work, <sighs> emails so that nothing is on fire and then like basic human self-care <laughs> for those two or three days. And then the okay. other days I have more energy, but not my, my like unlimited spoons that I have in other days. Okay. Got it. Okay. 
Um, so I find it interesting that like everything on this list, there was a lot of things on this list and then like work came last. Yeah. And I think that's because the work has been always really separate for me mm -hmm. and it feels, I know when I speak to other people about like their work routines and how they do things, it all goes into like a big, beautiful soup pot for me. <laughs> like, underneath the work umbrella, there are many things. It doesn't feel like separate tasks, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why I think that I'm really good at being self-employed actually <laughs> is because there's just, there's work and then there's other things. Um, but inside of that work task, it's not, I don't need a lot of different structures to support, say like keeping on top of my emails as I do creating new content. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you think about setting up routines for yourself in this season, in yeah. this particular season, to what degree do you think it would be helpful to have kind of at this time of day, I do this at this time of day, I do this other thing versus I'm going to have breakpoints during the day and I'm going to pick and choose what I want to do during those breakpoints. So kind of a more solidified, yeah. like, you know, this is what, I go to this bar class at this time versus yeah. I'm going to have a lot more flexibility in terms of, I'm going to have some, some ground rules yeah. of what the routine looks like, but I'm going to give myself lots of flexibility within that to make choices. Mm. I think that I've been operating in the second mode with a lot of flexibility for a long time. Okay. Um, and it's working for me, but I think that I want some more because I do the downside of the flexibility. I do well with flexibility is that I just get decision fatigue and then I'm done making decisions by three right. o'clock. And right. I'm like, I can no longer decide what to eat. <laughs> Thank you, potato chips, for existing because like, I can't, I can't mm -hmm. make any more decisions. And so I think part of my craving for more solidified routines is to cut down and have some of those decision-making points available for my work, if okay. that makes sense. Totally. So when you think about making decisions around your routine, is this a situation where before the season starts, you want to make a lot of the decisions or is it something where like on a week to week basis, you might set aside some time on like Sunday yeah. evening and say, okay, I think this is what the schedule for the week is going to look like. I'm going to do some meal prep. I'm going to kind of take care of some of these decisions this week before yeah. I get into it. Or is it kind of more of a long-term planning for you? I think the week to week rhythm sounds like a good compromise because it is hard for me to go more than like three weeks without knowing. <laughs> and also I get very, there's a little bit of rebel in me that like if I, and that's why meal prep is not an effective, I, I desperately desire to be a person that meal preps and I just can't do it because like, <laughs> I get mad at the past me for having the audacity to assume that I would know what current me wants to eat for dinner. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's a, I don't love that quality about myself, but there is a certain amount of like, if I make all of these decisions in advance, then I feel like there was like a parent in my past that knew what was best. And I just yeah. stomped my feet and rebel. Yeah. I think some of our listeners can probably yeah. identify with that. It's too much. Sometimes it's too much, you know, too yeah. much planning, too much decision-making. There's got to be some flexibility in there. Yeah. So okay. I think that a week to week would kind of let me gauge how things are going. 
and evaluate kind of like what I need to add or subtract. Okay. So it sounds like in addition to thinking about some daily routine items, there's going to be kind of a weekly routine. Yes. What do you think that's going to look like for you? Um, well, there's parts of it that are in place already. Um, so I do have like a pretty strong like Sunday night reevaluation. That's like household wide. Like we, we do laundry, we put it away. We, we set um, like a grocery list for the week. Um, we avoid each other because we both get kind of cranky on Sunday nights. <laughs> so like it's very much like alone time, which is good. And I could formalize that and make a couple of plans um, for work things and routine things. I do have a day um, during my week. It's usually Thursdays where I plan some of the important stuff for the next week coming up in terms of like when I'm going to block work time out, um, when I schedule my workouts all in advance on that day. So there's kind of like the logistical day, which is Thursday, which mm -hmm. is kind of like making appointments, making reservations, that kind of stuff. And then the like the spiritual <laughs> evaluation of Sunday night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds really good. Okay. So now kind of shifting to the projects, yeah. there's kind of two sides to this routine coin at what point or, or to what degree would it be helpful to you to yeah. kind of have a sense of what you actually want to get done in this season, right. like to have the projects, to set the goals, to write out the action items. What does that look like in terms of how you're picturing the season for yourself? Well, Anyone who's ever been coached by me or anyone who might be coached by me, is going to laugh just uproariously when they hear this, spend a lot of time working with clients about like having milestones makes things concrete and like having a plan. And it's very, it's not, it's not a do as I do like say, and not as I do situation, because there's definitely things that like, I have a pretty firm milestone for some of my established projects. Um, but I think many people can relate to the fact that like some of these projects have been simmering for a while and I haven't had the space or the time or the energy or the health to dedicate to them. And after like two or three failed launches of getting into them, like I don't want to make a plan because it feels like a contract that I might not be able to keep. And I don't, I don't want to go through that cycle again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that the answer is I should have, some milestones and some checkpoints and some planning, but I'm feeling a lot of like fear and resistance because those things did not save me last time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does this feel like fear and resistance that you want to work through or fear and resistance that you want to kind of respect it for what it is and just kind of let it be? Um, working through it would be a little bit helpful, I think. Um, because like there's definitely elements of it that have to be like there are situations that like I couldn't have controlled them I couldn't have foreseen them I and I think this is what's frustrating is that I know that day to day minute to minute I made the right choices in the past mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. me and the whole picture and yet there are still things that are undone and unfinished and plans that were uncompleted. Yeah. So it, there's, I think what might be helpful to work through is that kind of balance of like, I made the right calls. It's still hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
for sure. I wonder too, if there's a middle ground of right. there are buckets of things, but lots yeah. of flexibility within the buckets. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about containers, putting things into containers. And I wonder if there can be rough containers of, yeah. you know, it would be nice if these things got done. So maybe not like hard milestones, hard yeah. deadlines, hard tasks, but you know instinctually what needs to be done in order to move these things forward. Right. What are some of the buckets or containers that you're kind of thinking about for this next season? Yeah. That, that in an ideal world, if you kind of yeah. made progress on them, maybe not even completed them, but made progress, what would those things be? Okay. So one bucket is mindfulness stuff. Um, I've been toying around with the idea of like recording recording meditations, making a course, making, and I don't know, there seems to be a lot of interest in it. I'm excited about it. Um, but mindfulness is also a place that for everybody, it's kind of vulnerable. <laughs> so like, I have not felt particularly up to being with my mind in all of its complexity in my personal life. And then also at work in the last couple of days or the last couple of months. So I would love to move some of that forward because I think that it would be good for me and good for everybody. So that's one bucket. Um, There's another bucket where I am desperate to make zines, which sounds so silly sort of when I say it up, but I've had repeated dreams. I feel like the more we get into these sessions, the more I'm just like, okay, everything comes to me in dreams and visions. <laughs> like it's not not true. Um, because I think that I am my most creative when I kind of let some of that stuff go. And so I've had dreams about like making zines about like self-care or just like really quick things that I make that are cheap, but like could get shipped or be as PDFs um, and would sort of tap into some of my lettering, bullet journaling, kind of creative juices. And so I would love to kind of at least prototype those and see what, um, what's there, if anything. And then I have had for many, many moons now, a desire to take some of the curriculum that I work through with some of my clients and chunk it up and let it be courses for different people because I, I get a lot of feedback from people that they're like, you know, I'm totally fine in terms of accountability, but I really want some of the access to the content in this, this program, but I want it without X, Y, or Z. Um, so I think that that bucket is sort of like an inventory of what materials I have, what other places it wants to live, how people want to access it which is one of those things that like in my brain, it sounds really easy to be like, oh, well, I'll just take the curriculum from here and move it into here. But in practice, it's incredibly difficult to like figure out how things work out of context. (laughs) Um, And so I haven't had a lot of the space to do the like deep focus work of pulling things out and moving them around. So those are like the big three buckets, I would say. One of the things that occurs to me that's kind of interesting it seems like buckets one and two are more playful. Like you're still kind of trying to figure it out. You're not quite sure, you know, what that's going to look like. Whereas number three, even though it would take deep focused work, you kind of know 
you know, like yeah. it, it feels like you have more of a handle on that. Like it's stuff you've already worked with. It's content you already have. Whereas the other two feel kind of more playful, creative. Does that resonate? What do you think about that? No, I think that's definitely true. And I think there's definitely some resistance to both sides of <laughs> those coins. Um, the creativity, the, the more playful projects are exciting for me, but there is still that voice that used to come out when I was like reading for, for my dissertation. Like, what's this for? What are you doing? Why, why are you playing? No markers right now. This is grown up work time. Right. <laughs> when like the markers are an important part of my process. So I think that in the face of other more concrete tasks, those are harder for me to make space for. Um, and one of the, the things that happened medically for me over the last couple of years is that like my ability to be in a deep focus state was compromised. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I didn't feel well. Mm -hmm. and so it was hard to get in there. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think there's some trepidation about if I were to try it again, how would it feel? Would it be the same? Would I be able to get back in that flow? Um, and I don't know the answer to that question, mm -hmm. but sometimes I, I wake up and if that's on the to-do list for Tuesday, I'm like, eh, this seems like a lot for a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, well, mm -hmm. Let's not do this. Mm -hmm. um, let's focus on something that feels a little bit more sturdy. Okay. Okay. When you think about your, let's think about the week, the, yeah. the container of a week and the ratio mm. of how you want to spend your time. Some of it's going to be admin stuff. That's going to fall outside of these three buckets. I would imagine oh, yeah. you have ongoing projects, you have ongoing things that you're managing and juggling. So let's put that in, into like its own container. Yeah. But then you might have another container that's deep work. And then you might have a third container that's more of this playful, creative experimentation to see what's there yeah. and not knowing where it's going to go. Like you said, like it could be a thing. It could not be a thing. You're not sure yet. When you think about that container of a week, if like a yeah. pie, you know, like a ratio yeah. pie, what percentages would feel comfortable for you to try to devote to certain things? Hmm. I think realistically, I need about 40% of my time at least to be admin and by not by, I guess admin isn't the word in my head. It's just like ongoing stuff that you have right now. Right. So like my clients that I have, the programs that I have just to keep all of that up and going. Um, and then maybe it's 30, 30 for the other two. So together, they're a little bit more than half. Mm -hmm. um, and I, the, the like, the voice in the back of my head is nudging and saying that there's probably a difference between the hours of that breakdown and the percentage of energy, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. Um, so I think that the 40, 30, 30, is more in terms of energy, but that week by week, the hours could probably move quite a bit. Okay. Okay. Because for example, the 30% of the deep work, 
that could be like two hours and that's what you can handle and that's what yeah. it'll be. And then you spend the remainder of the week's remaining hours on the admin yeah. and the more creative play. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's useful. <laughs> Thinking about, I, I've never thought about it in terms of like percentage of energy before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you think about it in that frame of mind, that yeah. framework, to what degree do you feel like you need to plan for those periods of time to have maybe a list of things that maybe you could do and you get to choose amongst that list? Yeah. Or do you feel like it's kind of like you get in there and you, you see what the muse is going to bring to you that day? Um, I think for the deep focus part of it, because there is like, as you pointed out, I know what I need to do. I just have to do it and support myself in doing it. I think that needs to be some planned out things that this week we're going to try and get through this just to kind of build on the, the concreteness of it. Mm -hmm. And then in my other, like the fun things, like the image that's popping to my mind are those cool popsicle stick jars where you like write down here's all the like different things um and you pick one and you work on it in the absence of having like a clear gut instinct about how I want to spend that time okay we may need to link to the the popsicle stick jar business in the show notes for people who are not familiar with that I'm sure there's some kind of Pinterest thing we yes I think it's for children <laughs> that doesn't always matter no it doesn't and not me, in our worlds um the, the actually the most powerful accountability mechanism that i have for myself personally is a sticker chart like you do for potty training toddlers <laughs> that's like if you do you know if you get 10 stickers of this then you earn this and if you get 15 stickers of this you get earn this like i find stickers incredibly rewarding so um but a popsicle stick jar is basically and I've seen it as popsicle sticks and as pieces of paper, but the idea is that like you write down all of the options and then you pull from random out of that, that jar. So um, the person who I was following on Pinterest the other day does it for like music in their house. So like that week they pull an artist's name out of the jar and that's who they kind of like focus on listening in the house so that they don't get stuck on listening to the same stuff, um, which is a cool idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. And so the idea of, and so what I'm picturing in my head is that I have, you know, like a popsicle stick for each one of those different tasks. So like maybe it's like take out and play with markers or like practice lettering or, you know, free write on this or go for a walk and think about it on purpose. Um, just ways that I know in the past have unlocked some creative flow for myself. Okay. So that seems like one potential action item is to create that jar. Yeah. For the, it sounds like you're doing it more for the playful creative side than for the other yeah. pieces that need a little bit more structure and planning. Right. Okay. Fun. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of equivalent planning or kind of action yeah. item or next step would you want to do for the deep work? What has worked for you in the past in terms of really logging and kind of structuring what you need to do about a larger project to make sure you're checking things off. Um, <laughs> the answer is I've only ever really been effective in project management when I had somebody else I was collaborating with. 
Okay. Um, when I'm in a team, um, project management boards or like programs like Asana has been really helpful for me in the past. Um, I like Trello and mostly I enjoy playing in those things to like test them out for clients. And so like, part of me is like, Oh, you could double dive and figure out if you like a new system to sort of put these things in. But I also am a hundred percent guilty of, um, productively procrastinating by making elaborate project management sites and okay. then abandoning them immediately. So I try and be careful and make the like minimum viable amount of structure and scaffolding so that mm-hmm. I don't spend four hours color coding Trello boards when I don't necessarily need that to move forward. Okay. So what would be a potential option for you to plan this out that doesn't involve a digital tool? Like, can you use the creativity, the marker side, the post-it side, the, the just list making side of like, what are the different phases? What are the different things that would go in each phase? Like, is there a way to do it that doesn't involve going down the rabbit hole of Trello, Asana, one of those tools? Yeah. And it's a bullet journal, which okay. I effectively and used in the past. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, so um, bullet journaling is actually a really useful tool for me um, because it's so lightweight. Like it's a notebook, it goes in my bag and the whole, and I, because I'm me, for a while I was making like very elaborate spreads. So like here's like a habit tracker and like I mark down and if I do these things each day. And Long term, the only thing that's been really effective for me is having like lists of tasks with the actual like original bullet journal coding for them. Like this, like an open circle is today, you cross it off when it's done. If you move it, it gets an arrow um, because I, I cannot lose the time <laughs> to making big spreads for it. But I think that there is an element of showing to myself, my investment in the project by investing a little bit of time and setting it up. Yeah. Treating it like a real thing. Treating it like a real thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is a middle ground between spending eight hours perfecting bullet journal spreads with like washi tape and markers and stickers and rulers and having things listed on a post-it note. Mm Mm-hmm. And so maybe looking for that middle ground and it might help me to just have like, okay, like you have set aside two hours to do the work of like thinking about these milestones and making a tracker for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, if brainstorming could be a helpful tool just to kind of do a brain dump and you can yeah. kind of organize it later of like, where does all this fit? But let me just like take everything that I think could be involved and write it down somewhere not necessarily prettily in a bullet journal yet, yeah. Um, but then translate it into the milestones, the phases, the buckets, the yeah. containers. And I think that if there's one thing, I know that we sort of talked about like daily rhythms and things like that. If there's one thing that I think I want to commit to doing every day through the end of the year, it is morning pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I for the life of me cannot commit to doing them first thing in the morning. And I know that's where the magic is. <laughs> try. Um, but I'm much better if I commit to doing it sometime within the first block of my work day. Mm-hmm. 
And that is often how I use that space is just to like dump things out of my head. And then I, so I break another rule of morning pages and I do it digitally on a website called 750words.com. Um, because I have a lot less resistance to it actually. <laughs> and I find that the word count in the bottom going up very motivating, but I um, have had a lot of success with that as like an anchor in my routine. Um, and I think that making the choice to spend some of that energy thinking through and depositing all of my thoughts about these projects could be really helpful. Okay. Okay. So we talked about the day, we talked yeah. about the week and some of the structures you might want to build in there. I'm wondering if we can also talk about the month because as we, again, as we record this, we're right into September Eve, like we're about to launch in. And I'm wondering if there are any routines you want to set up on a monthly basis to kind of check in with yourself, see how things are going, course correct. If you're like, I don't feel like I'm hitting my ratios in the way that I want, or I, I need to right. do X, Y, and Z differently, or especially as the season changes, we're heading into here yeah. in the US, you know, colder weather, maybe you're not going to be outside as much, or maybe you're going to be outside differently and right. you check in about that, you know, as the season changes. So what does that monthly routine look like for you? So you're going to laugh. So my monthly routine is actually a lunar cycle routine. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I have been working with lunar planning now for like three years. And it's, it's really effective to me because for me personally, because it's also tied with my hormonal cycles, which also kind of repeat for me on about the same rhythm. And so my month starts on the new moon, which is yesterday. And I do like a big, it's not big, it's big for me emotionally um, that I do like an evaluation, like how did last month go? What am I planning? I set my intentions, I pick my words, I draw my tarot card. <laughs> like it's a mm -hmm. big Mm -hmm. day for me. And the first two weeks of the month tend to be um, building energy, like build, 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 build. And then on the full moons, there's another kind of check-in to say like what's checked off, what's working, what needs to be adjusted. And then the last two weeks of the month, like the waning moon, um, tend to be less outwardly productive, um, but a lot more creative and restful. Um, so, and then it starts over again on the new moon. Um, okay. So it sounds like you have this, this locked. I mean, like this is already yeah. totally yes. part of your routine. It will be built yes. into whatever you're doing with this new season as well. Right. And I think that for me, the, the unlocking is to be able to say my work gets to be part of that, I guess. Um, because it, it's, I have used it mostly in the last couple of months to do a lot of like personal things um, and to work through some of the more emotional stuff. Um, and that's been really helpful. And so like, I'm, I'm looking over at my moon journal. Your, your listeners know me so well now. I have a moon journal. <laughs> well, we'll link to it in the show notes. I'm sure people will be very interested. I was just going to say, we need to link yeah. to some resources on this if people yeah, are interested sure. in the lunar cycles because yes, they, um, they'll probably want to follow up. Yeah, so I have like a daily moon journal that I have. Um, and I know that for like the last five or six months, everything I've been working with and working on has not been professional for a variety of different reasons. And I think it's about saying like, I am a whole integrated person and sometimes the professional stuff is allowed to come forward mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. I feel like we've covered a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to check in and see, yeah. you know, what, what else do you want to kind of be thinking about reflecting on as you're developing these routines, as you're thinking yeah. about this next season? So the question that I have for you specifically, and one of the things that I think draws me to you as a person and as a coach is the ways that you've made your routines and the accountability, like pretty public. Like I know that if I'm scrolling on my phone in the morning and I'm three hours ahead of you and you're out for your walk, then it's time for me to get out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) If Katie's walking, I need to get out of bed. I love that. That's, so, that's really great. I would love to know what you think the sort of, like what about the kind of making some of these practices more public has been helpful for you? Mm. If it has been, or if that's something that you're comfortable speaking on. Yeah, I'm totally comfortable. Um, well, okay. So it's interesting because I, I'll, I, I'm going to frame my answer in a way that's going to kind of turn a question back to you as well. Sure. Um, so part of the reason I started doing that morning walk, so on, basically what this is, is on Instagram stories, if you follow me there, every morning I go out for a walk and I take a picture from the same spot, which is the beginning of my walk. And I put the day on there and the timestamp. And it's typically somewhere between five and six in the morning. Um, And then when I get back, I take a selfie kind of by my front door and I say something about like, hey, you know, we're launching into the day or whatever. And so it's kind of the same, like my day kind of starts the same. And that is sometimes the only thing I post in a day, like depending (laughs) on what's going on, like that may be the only thing you see. Um, But every day, you know, that's consistent. Part of why I started doing that is because I saw someone else posting every day, the same kind of shot. And it was like how she just set up the story of her day was like, okay, the new day is starting. And she put the, the day marker on there, the little Instagram stamp and not the time, but just like, it was always like a shot of her out the window of her house. And it shows seasonal changes because, you know, it's lighter, it's darker, you know, it's raining, it's not raining, like those kinds of things. But I really liked that. And I thought like, that's a really nice, consistent way of showing up you know, and also I'm trying to be consistent with these morning walks. And so it kind of just killed two birds with one stone. So I guess the question I want to turn back around to you, Katie, is what are you seeing that other people are doing when they're sharing their process or their days that you like? Is it the consistency part? Like, and how does it help you? Because how it helps you might help other people. Like when you're like, oh, this is, I I expect this. I like the consistency of it. It tells me when to get out of bed. You know, like (laughs) there's a certain kind of satisfaction of knowing that I'm out there doing the discipline thing, you know, like, and it just makes you hopefully feel good, you know, like, oh, like this is, so, I mean, I would also focus back on that. So what are the things that are drawing you in? I think, well, and I think there's men, there's a couple of different people in my feed that are doing variations of that. And like, I like, there's another person that I follow that like posts, like they're from their morning meditation every morning. And there's somebody Mm -hmm. else that's like, this is my workout and I got it done. And Mm -hmm. um, I think part of my, like, I'm drawn to that because it's a discipline that I feel like does not come naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I don't know if it needs to, like, I don't, I don't know that I will ever be a person that 
can post every day at the same time, <laughs> like okay, even approximately the same time. But I do have anchors in my day. Um, I do have um, like a morning check-in routine that I do that I could post. And like, I have a pretty consistent like lunch break thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I, what I'm drawn to is the idea that you just, you make a commitment and you show up for it. And like, you're not evaluating the walks. You're not saying, oh, well, I got an extra 400 steps today, or I ran faster. Or like, mm-hmm. you know, today it was 4.21 a.m. And isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. It is amazing. But like, <laughs> for me anyway. Um, but I like the idea of just saying like, I'm committing to this container and however it wants to get filled. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so I I guess another question is, because this is how I think about it, kind of going back to your original question to me, how do I want to show up for myself? And how do I want to show up for my, I guess I could say my audience, but really I think of it as my clients. Right. Because part of what I'm showing, it's exactly what you're describing. Like it's discipline, it's uh, it's a choice that I'm making. And I've been pretty public about how those morning walks are my solitude time. You know, like yeah. I really need that before I go into a day of working with a bunch of people, like I'm super introverted and being in there in the dark, you know, listening to my podcast, like that, yeah. that's really helpful for me to go into the day with that kind of centering space. And so I'm also modeling that it's a form of self-care, both the exercise part and the solitude part. And everybody has a different thing to model. So it may not be discipline for you. It may be tarot. It may be, you know, some of these other things, like I'm, I'm looking at my lunar calendar, like, and the other thing I wonder about, because you're so good about posting really beautiful questions on Twitter, you know, like, is there something where at some point in the day, you want to just do a screenshot of the latest question you posted on Twitter and throw it into your Instagram story feed, you know, like you can repurpose stuff you're already doing that's powerful. And it really, it's just a question of what does it mean for you? Is it, a, is it a centering thing for you to review one of your own questions and say, okay, let me ask myself this question. Yeah. Not even necessarily respond to it, but just take a pause, you know, for yourself right. to reflect and then also ask your audience to do that too. Um, but it is fascinating to me. You are not the only one who has commented on this and how it's like almost comforting to people yeah. to wake up and see that I've posted. And I, now I, even if I don't do that morning walk in the exact same way, I always post something because I don't want people to be like, what happened? Yeah. Where are you? Are you okay? Like, I mean, cause this is like now my thing and I've been doing it for like four or five months now. So yeah. people recognize it as a thing. And I think it would be commented on if I wasn't doing it in a similar way. So it's not, it doesn't have to be that it can be right. something entirely different, but how do you want to show up for yourself and the people who are following along? Yeah. It's a really good question. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's really come out in a lot of these sessions is that there's a, there's a subterranean why to a lot of the things that I'm doing. And it's different from some, from some other people. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. sure that there are many other coaches that are like, well, I base my monthly sprints (laughs) on whether or not it's a waxing or a waning moon. Um, Maybe there are, and I would love to meet you other people. I know of at least one other person that I'm going to share their name with you after this, after we get off this call. Um, <laughs> that's like, well, welcome to the new moon in Virgo. And now we're setting this intention. Um, but I think I have, like all of us do, a variety 
of insecurities and kind of things that need support. And I think one of mine is that I'm not in a body and I'm not in a life and I don't necessarily want one that's going to have, it's going to be able to do four or five month streaks of anything. Like I'm lucky when I get it to day 21, like that is an exciting thing for me. And so I think reimagining or thinking about what that tool, why it apply, like why it pulls me in, why I like it and what ways I could use it to support my individual path, if that makes yeah, sense. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, again, kind of going back to an earlier theme of like yeah. the day, the week, the month, some people do this daily. I recently yeah. saw there's someone I follow who does these beautiful weekly recaps that are mm. so fun that I look forward to every week of like, here's what happened this week. Here were some highlights. And I'm like, this is great. And it's not every day. It's once a week. And I think you could easily also do something once a month yeah. where you're kind of talking about how things went and you know where things were with the lunar cycles for you and those kinds of things that would totally draw people in. So even kind of the routine of I think about too, like I'm entering into a creative retreat period and people know when I do that, I'm going to be logging in Instagram stories, what I'm doing in that creative retreat. It's a consistent yeah. thing that I do. I don't do that exact detail level logging every day of my life. I don't have time to show you my to-do list every day, <laughs> but for the creative retreat, I make a point because I'm modeling what it means to go on creative retreat and right. how much I get done and why and, and how it contributes to my business. Like there's there's a purpose there for me. Yeah. So that's part of it is like, there are certain routines you'll have that are not con consistent necessarily, but there is a consistency to how you represent them right. in your life. And so that would be another question I think to think about is it doesn't have to happen daily, weekly, or even monthly, but what are the kinds of things that happen regularly enough for you that you'd want to talk about them and share them and model them? Right. And all of this is making me think about how I used to, um, and, and still I'm very much invested in, in teaching and learning development and like working with other teachers. And one of the things that was really important to me when I was working with my clients that were teaching was helping them find the balance between this is good sound practice. Like this is just stuff that's going to work well for most people in most situations and mastering these things are important. And then there's kind of like the 20% of how do you want to show up? Like, how do you want to be a teacher? What does your classroom want to feel like? And I think that, I have been not bringing that 20% that I felt really comfortable bringing in a classroom. And so like when you said, um, I very rarely as a teacher thought of myself as a modeler. I often thought about myself as a facilitator. I thought about myself as a supporter. I thought about myself as a question asker, as a guide, but I very rarely used the framework of modeling. And I'm sure that I was modeling some things, but like it wasn't a touchstone for me. And so it's interesting to be like, oh, this is a mode and I could try it out and see if I like it. Um, and thinking about showing up in places as, as a model. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing that social media allows us to do. Right. Well, and I think that it's an important difference between who I am as a coach and who I am as a teacher. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and for me, those often feel the same. And that's one of the things that I think is really important about my own coaching practice is that they do feel similar to me, mm-hmm. that they're very rooted in one another. But I think this is a place where some deviation is a growth area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's also kind of a mindset reframing around modeling can help build trust. Yeah. Consistency can help build trust. And when it comes to coaching and coaching relationships, it is very much like these decisions are tied to brand. They are tied to how people view you because if I can be disciplined in my life, does that mean I can coach you to help be disciplined in your life too, in the ways that you want? Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's, there's a relationship between how we present ourselves as coaches and how we live our lives and the alignment between what we're helping others do and what we're showing them that we practice day to day. Mm. Okay. Well, I feel as if I will go forth into this call with my own, like, I'm not having a creative retreat for the next couple of days, but like my mind will be, I will be cleaning up and unpacking from this trip that I should have done three days ago, but my mind will be retreating. Okay. Okay. So what, as we're kind of wrapping up today, Katie, what are some of the takeaways? And, and we mentioned a couple, you know, potential action items for you. Yeah. Um, but um, what, what are you thinking about? I think that some of the takeaways for me are feeling empowered to add some more structure in. Um, I'm definitely going to think about this idea of 40, 30, 30 in terms of like an energy distribution and not necessarily as an hours breakdown. Um, I'm definitely going to make myself a popsicle stick jar. (laughs) Okay. Um, And I think that it's, I, but I think the biggest takeaway for me is that there's a middle ground between this is a daily routine that I follow to the letter at the same time, in the same place, in the same way, every day until the earth ends or I do. And these are containers that I build that help me show up in the ways that I want to. And I'm disciplined about that structure, even if I'm not committing to an identical replay of that every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Katie, as always, it is a privilege to coach you. Yeah, well, it's a today. privilege to be coached by you. This was really fun. Yeah. Thank you. It was. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coach to Coach. For any resources mentioned in the episode, check out the episode show notes at drkatielinder.com slash coach. If you found this episode to be helpful, please take a moment to rate or review the show in Apple Podcasts or recommend this episode to a friend or colleague. Thanks for listening.